0: Welcome to the IGDA Twin Cities Podcast, episode number 16. Today, I'm your host, Ryan, and with me is Tori. Hello! And that's it. All we
1: got is Tori. So, we're going to do our best to chat it up, I suppose. Tori, you got a lot to talk about. I have some talking. I'm not very good at talking, but I have some talking. What have you been up to? Actually, um, I'm going to interrupt my own
0: question and say, I'm interested to hear how you're... uh, Teaching has been going.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I've been teaching audio for games at IPR downtown. It's the Institute for Production and Recording, and lo and behold, teaching is really hard. It is really, really hard, and I kind of have developed a newfound respect for teachers, um, because you know, just prepping and uh, um, you know, making sure that what you're saying is is interesting because you don't want to bore the students, but still enlightening and you know, doing a ton of learning all at the same time is kind of a, it's this crazy ball. Um, yeah, actually, that was
0: part of my curiosity because I was thinking about it. And uh, I was wondering, it sounded like you had developed
1: the curriculum yourself. Well, there's a, there is a curriculum established by Sim- Minnesota so that it's, um can be an accredited course. Um, but it's it's pretty bare bones. So... Oh, you put the meat? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, putting the meat in there and, I, you know... Plus Cover technology these talking points and yeah. stuff. Yep. All right. Plus, Plus cool. technology develops so fast, uh, especially in video games, that um, you know what a curriculum was two years ago say is probably quite a bit different than it was. Even as even the industry is evolving so fast that roles uh, within big companies, small companies are very very different. So, um, and I'm approaching it more from an indie standpoint than like a big company because I think that's much more likely to be what person people starting out or the majority of people in the field are really going to be experiencing. Plus Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I have experience with. So um, I think it'll be better, better served if I can literally tell them what was happened to me and, and how it works, at least from my point of view, but um, students are awesome. And uh, like I said, I'm learning a ton and really quickly. And so that's another huge benefit for me, not only being able to teach and kind of share my passion for audio and my geekiness for audio but also being able to learn a whole bunch really quickly too
0: yeah that's cool yeah I, yeah i mean part of the the thing of yours you're having um uh, difficulty with it too is that you're new to it yeah 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 so i mean it like good teachers it's just supernatural you know what i mean it's almost right. like it's they just live it so it in your case you know you're really passionate about audio so it, it that part at least is probably second nature to you but the all the extra p- bits of the teaching yeah you know that's cool yeah no it, it, it's always been kind of like a uh not say a dream of mine but something that I've thought
1: would be very interesting to do that sort of in something I'm really interested in you know and I, I just do want to say I want to give a huge shout out to Damien Casbauer for hooking me up with a job um because without him I would not be there So, thank you, DK. Yeah, Damien.
0: Oh, um, which you mentioned him. Okay, so Damien is from Lost Chocolate Lab. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, another local uh, sound guy. He's done some GDC talks and stuff, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But I don't think we mentioned it on, on last month's podcast, and I had meant to, but I had gone through my, like, I went to my parents' house, went up to the attic, found my old stuff, and I found my record collection. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And my record collection consisted of two records, and they were <laughs> Yars' Revenge. That's right. That's right. And Asteroids, both by Atari, published by um, Kids Fun Entertainment or something like that. So they've got the worst, 1981, 1982 <laughs> intro songs about the games with a lot of pew pew, and yeah. then some sort of story. And so I was supposed to bring those records and give them to Damien. And I had forgot at the last me- meeting. So I don't know if Damien listens, but they are in my trunk of my car and I am ready to hand them over.
1: Actually, uh, speaking of records and, and turntables and whatnot, I, I think it's this is really, really cool. My sister, um, actually, my two little sisters uh, stayed over at my house this weekend and it was my littlest sister's 13th birthday. And we asked her what she wanted for her birthday. And she said, I want records, which is just kind of blows my mind. So, no joke. Yeah, yeah. So I, we got her a couple ones, um, and then I also got her uh, Radiohead's OK Computer because there's in, a, in vinyl. Yeah, yep, oh, that's cool. And there's this audiophile audiophile version that they just put out, so picked it up and got it to her because one of my favorite records of all time. But I think it's really cool that this like, uh, skipping like 18 technologies, and and she's like, I want, I want records. Like, cool, yeah. You ever heard of um, D- DJ Shadow? That sounds familiar, but I can't. I I love his stuff
0: because he's one of these like crazy just into the whole history and stuff of it. And there's a documentary about him and his music is really neat. But what he does is he samples from records. He finds rare records and then does stuff. with. Oh, cool. And he'll do he he'll do shows like just at the mom and pop kind of record place. And he'll and they'll say, bring your record and he'll be doing live mixes Oh, that's cool. So you bring and you put your record up there, and then he'll mix it, you know, sort of live. He'll find something on it and then use it. But I thought it'd be hilarious to show up with Yars'
1: Revenge. <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. That would be awesome. Hey, have you ever played any of those DJ Hero games at all? Yeah, actually I did. What are they like? I've never played one before. Um, it was okay.
0: I don't know. Um, I thought that it was sort of like a mist. Mixed- opportunity Mm. um because the music was just kind of okay like i'm really kind of i like that electronica sure music and they they did an okay job it's like the first you ever play the first guitar hero
1: yeah i did a long time ago yeah
0: yeah right so it's got a lot of pretty decent songs but they're all covers sure right so it kind of has this aspect of fun like it's really it was really fun holy cow but it's got like the music wasn't the draw
1: that's right. That's and then right. once
0: the game got big, it got mega great because of the music. Sure. Yeah. That that really helped. In the case of DJ Hero, it was kind. At least for me, it was hard to like care. Sure. You know, because I don't really listen to that music to pay attention to it. Yeah.
1: I so no, I, hear you.
0: My, no, kid wasn't my kid really liked it, but it was it was okay. It was funny because um, it didn't really have a fail. Like you slid the thing around, and so my son could play any song and never lose oh okay but which was okay you know it 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 i never bought it
1: because i didn't care enough but uh, yeah
0: um someone lent it to me cool
1: you should at least try it yeah i've been thinking about it but the the fact that you have to purchase some uh some gear before you can play it is kind of kind yeah of... it ended up being you could get the gear in the game for like 35 bucks though oh geez yeah wow. it got it got it got really
0: low um, and I, th- I believe they even made a sequel.
1: I think you're right. Yeah, interesting. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it, it as sort of expected. Yeah, here you go. Buy new is thirty-three dollars on Amazon right now. Wow. So, <laughs> DJ Hero Two. So that's the with the turntable and everything. Wow, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, I. You know, it's fun if, to a certain extent. I can actually hear the thunder. Uh, from your house. It's coming your way. Yeah, well, no, I, there's there's thunder here right now. But to all your listeners, uh, we're actually in the middle of a thunderstorm right now, so it's kind of cool. I'm looking out this window and seeing all these little flashes of light and stuff like that. And, and i uh, at my house. Yeah. It's like getting it in like some kind of quantum stereo. So, Ryan, what have you been up to?
0: Um, well, uh, I actually have been playing... Um, a bit of games lately, so I tried some Undead Nightmare. Have you heard of this? No. What is that? Um. So Rockstar Games, they made uh, Grand Theft Auto Four. Sure. Yeah. And all the other Grand Theft Autos, right? Well, they made Undead, or I'm sorry, they made Red Dead Redemption. Oh, oh, I got you. Okay. And so- Red Dead Redemption is uh, it's a cowboy, um, era, kind of grand theft auto in a way and it was really neat um really liked this
1: game did you ever play it uh no but uh i've heard really good things about it actually
0: yeah it had i mean it's this big open wilderness right there's little towns but there's like coyotes and cougars and bears and and you'd just be like riding your horse from one town to the next and there'd be a stagecoach robbery or um you know like i don't know trying to think of some of the other things that would go on um a hanging somebody would be getting hung and it's your job to stop it you know or not your job you can let it play out or you can decide to go in you know it 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 was really neat and what what i thought they did that was really smart is they took the same world and then they just as a totally secondary disc they made undead nightmare where it's the same world same main guy and every and it's
1: the the wild west essentially has been overrun by zombies also, it's not—it's not just DLC. It's a straight-up full game. Yeah, you just oh wow, can buy just that disc. And
0: I don't think it's the same game to the same extent. Where like, you know, Red Dead was a good, a solid 20, 30 hours or more. Yeah, right. Um, I don't think it's the same in that way. But it's also was when it came out brand new, it was, you know, a twenty-dollar game. So it was sold like DLC, but it was the full.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: So I, that. You know, played a couple nights of that. It's pretty good. I, I, I really like that they took it in a way that wasn't super serious, you know? Sure, yeah. It's kind of fun and whimsical. And so, like, uh, one thing they have, it's pretty early in the game, is Sasquatches. So, <laughs> so um, you know, I was just riding around um, because there's just zombies in the woods. And, and they wander in packs. And so I was just kind of, like, exploring the what's going on. How is it different than the main game? And I come across this come upon this house and the guy starts complaining at me about sasquatches and how they eat babies. <laughs> and so the next thing I know is I'm just walking around in the woods and sure enough, they're at, you know the distance is a Sasquatch walking, just like the film that everybody knows of the Sasquatch walking. <laughs> and then you're supposed to kill six Sasquatch, right? And every time, you know you kill one, you get it, um, et cetera, until you kill five. And every time it's the same thing. It's that it, they're at the distance, they appear right in front of you, and they walk just like in the video. Um, it's pretty good. And then the last Sasquatch, you come upon him, and he's like, you actually have a conversation with him about how there's some maniac running around killing Sasquatches. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, then me and Zach have been Zach Went, the president of the chapter. Uh, the the man who keeps it all together. Uh, Dead Rising 2 was on sale, and so he said, you got to buy this. And I said, I'm not going to get it. i got nobody to play with. And so he's like, I'll play with you. So we actually finished the co-op last night. Oh, cool. Um, played through the co-op, which is uh, play the whole game, basically, um, together, and solve all the case files in co-op mode. And there's supposed to be an achievement for this, of which there was none awarded, so yeah, And
1: that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's kinda mean. Maybe it's yeah. a bug or something. Well, that
0: game is super messed up from the co op standpoint. So every oh. it's I'm not even gonna get into it, but it's really broken. So it's it they do not make it easy to hop into somebody's game or vice versa.
1: Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. <sighs> Especially coming from playing uh the new Super Mario Brothers this weekend, that that's like which is all about just jumping in and jumping out. That's uh
0: yeah, you can just grab a remote and you're right in and going, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way they should be. Like yeah. my my kids um we've been playing a lot of Castle Crashers lately. So I have three sons. They're 5, 7, and 9. And Castle Crashers is one of these games where you just run around as your guy and beat up other cartoon characters, you know? And um so we can all play. But the sucky thing about it is if two of them are playing and you just walk in, you can't just hop in. Oh sure, yeah. You, you, yeah. They have to stop, go to the main menu, and then everybody has to log back in, and then start it up with those specific three people. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it it you know it's still really fun when you're doing it, but you know if you, if somebody just wants to drop out or somebody wants to jump in, there's no easy yeah. way to do it. It should be super yeah. easy, and it just isn't. It's a good game though. Um, let's see. Uh. Mass Effect 3 came in the mail today, so. Ooh. Ooh, more thunder. It heard me mention in Mass Effect. Yeah. It makes sense that we'll finish the podcast and I'll go up, put it in the drive, and then power will go out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that would be just so unpoetic. Yeah. So I I have held myself back from that game so far, um, partially because of my cheapness, but partially because I want to make sure I have the time to devote to it. Yeah. And I'm afraid if I don't do it, um
1: Diablo is going to come out and <laughs> that's coming up soon. Yep. And yeah. actually I, I do want to talk about Diablo. Um and what well, we can talk about it later, but yeah, I do want to talk about that.
0: All right, we can do that. Um one thing I should mention. Okay, so I in the last month not been up to a lot. Been playing a little bit of games. Um My Xbox actually broke, um, which bugged me because I had sent it in years ago with the red ring. Oh, yeah. Um, But this time it didn't red ring, and this time it worked fine. Um, It just wouldn't let the wireless remotes connect.
1: Oh, that's not very helpful.
0: No, and so I look it up, and, and this is a pretty common problem that modders have, and what happens is there's this RF board on the front, um, and it's what gives you the red rings. It's the, the LED lights oh, okay. and stuff. Um, so it's green rings if you connect your remote normally. And red rings is the thing everybody knows, red ring of death, um, if there's problems. But what happened in my case is that the Xbox would turn on, but there was no power at all to those lights in the front.
2: Oh,
0: and gotcha. that's is pretty common, I guess, amongst modders. And the consensus, at least in the forums that I read, if you're not careful when you're modding your Xbox, you're likely to static shock and in the process, break your RF board. Ooh. And I'm not, I didn't mod my Xbox. I just happen to have a, a living room that's got a little bit of extra static electricity sometimes. Um, and so the, the kids were constantly telling me that they were getting zapped by the TV or the Xbox or something. Oh. So I'm guessing that that's what happened. But anyway, um, it doesn't work, and so my kids, knowing me, you know, I fixed one of the DS's, broke it apart, soldered it at the back together they're like dad you can fix it and so i'm like yeah i can (laughs) and so i broke that thing apart and figured out the part i needed and ordered a new one and put it back together i voided my warranty but it's working again
1: oh right on that's awesome yep so it's kind of fun
0: um well it was fun up to the point where i went why am i doing this and you have a pile of screws (laughs) and a bunch of parts yes (laughs) but it, it it turned out well so
1: well, hey, and it worked. That's, that's huge. That, that makes it all worth it. Yep. Let's see. So, oh, well, I suppose I could uh, talk a little about what's keeping me busy these days. Yeah. Um,
0: what else have you been up to? I'm so just, I've
1: been teaching. Yep. I've been teaching, which we, we touched on. And, um, oh, and I've also been working on this uh, video game with some local developers that are local. And uh, <laughs> it's called Fireman Run, and I think it's a pretty awesome concept. And I think you may know a few things about this game as well.
0: I do, yeah. I
1: so I know the developer uh, quite well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually working on it with uh, with Ryan and um, Bill. It, well, it, you guys, you guys don't know Bill, but he's a very cool guy, and it was pretty much their brainchild. And they roped in an audio guy, which I'm very happy to do because um, I don't get to work on work on mobile games too often. So. It's quite a privilege, and I'm really thankful that they brought me on board. But yeah, we're working on a, a running game. And uh, do you have a, any con, anything you want to add to that, or should we? I
0: I have a, a funny story about it. Ooh, do tell. All right. So, well, I'm going to set it up quick. So, you mentioned Bill. This is Bill's idea. He just pitched me a couple ideas one night, and I'm like, I can do that. And then um, the Unity for mobile free thing came out at yeah. GDC and I took it and now we're playtesting but anyway the, the concept is pretty easy it's just rooftops cannibal kind of run style but you had there's fires and you have a, an extinguisher and um, to make it a little bit more interesting and in playing with the unity engine I just made some of the buildings tip so you get near them you land on them whatever the buildings start to fall some of them start to f- like actually rotate and fall at an angle Right? Like they're falling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, And this is pretty neat. Like it was a, it definitely could play in well to some game design. But I was having this problem and any developers, they probably could relate where um, if you've got two things interacting, like an elevator is a perfect example. If you've got a platformer and you're having your character and they walk onto an elevator and then that elevator moves, a lot. what might happen if you don't... Um, Uh, account for it is the elevator will move ahead of the character and then the character won't see the elevator floor anymore and they'll fall through it oh sure sure so this is what i thought was happening because my character would run the building would be tipping and then he'd get stuck on the roof and he wouldn't go anywhere he wouldn't go anywhere and if i rotated the building slow enough he'd make it if i changed like specific values about like um step which is one of these things that like if you run into steps, say in a game, you don't want the character to stop, right? You want them to just go up the step. There's, it's not yeah. really a, a stop. So if I had really high step values, like you could, you could do a step the size of yourself, um, without any, without slowing down, it would, sure. it would make it. And so I, I, must have spent eight to twelve hours, like, digging through the core of the uh, motor controllers and the game controller I made and all this, like stuff of physics crazy debugging and printing and everything seemed to be right and then um i noticed that i had a zero width building so oh no right (laughs) there so what was happening is there was a building that was right in the middle of the tipping building oh no and my guy was just running into (laughs) it all the time and yeah so i spent all this time like because What would happen is I, every day, you know, I work full time and got the family and stuff, but I carry around a notepad in my pocket and I make notes for myself. You should do this. Don't forget. So, you know, email this person, you know, it's this sort of stuff. And so my notes were all like, you know, add a sprite that does this, consider helicopter that does this, you know, make the menu system. And then I'd get here and I'd start playing or building. And then I'd try to debug that again like constantly <laughs> coming back to this problem. And it just turned out to be a, uh, a, a thing in the scene. So it was behaving as it should. <laughs> um, and it was accounted for. It's just, I hadn't realized uh, it
1: because you couldn't see it because it had no width. But at least now you'll check for that. If that happens again, you, you'll you be like, that's one thing you can check off your list. Yeah. I mean, and it,
0: here's the, the, the reason why it, you know, you might think, Oh, well, duh, right. Um, is that, okay, you've got this, level it's designed but there's you know 40 buildings in these test levels it's really easy for one to be zero width and not know it because yeah they just you know they're just a list of buildings you don't know you don't go and look at every one of them every time you think you see them right right yeah it just got buried but um other than that so that i figured it out i was so excited (laughs) like (laughs) i'm like i'm not a moron well i'm a moron for letting that be it because uh I kept telling myself, just make a test level to test all these things. Just make a test level. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to fix it here. It's going to be easy. It's only going to take a little bit of time. <laughs> and if I would have just made a test level, it would have been fixed. But So I, a double lesson learned is to check the environment, look for stuff, and then um, you know try those tests, build tests. I mean, tests yeah. are something you do anyway. But the problem is, is this level is supposed to be a test level anyway. <laughs> so all right, anyway, um, so I did that, and then once I broke through that kind of wall, I've been making a lot of little updates here and there, so I don't know if you saw the update now, Tori, but when you jump, he goes into like a heroic jump instead of him always just in his running sprite it it plays like a jumping sprite, which is at the moment is just stand in but and then a, a sort of like heroic leap and then the diving when you're coming down from a jump.
1: Sure, sure, yeah.
0: Which I think adds a little bit of sort of niceness to it. And then um I one of the main things I I was struggling with was uh load times. So it was taking upwards of like 25 to 28 to uh, 25 to 28 seconds um to load one of the levels, and that's a long time to wait. Right, right, yeah. And I figured out why and now the load time is a second and a half, well, <laughs> two, two seconds. So, oh, was it? yeah, that's major major improvement, and so that's like a big bonus. So that, that made me reconsider some of the like optimizations that I was considering because now those optimizations are kind of like so you'd cut another 0.1 second off of it oh, gotcha, for yeah. a whole lot of work. So that's good. Um, should make uh, level design a lot better.
1: But oh, cool! Very cool.
0: And then I still owe you a a level for sound stuff,
1: but oh I like i said i can't I won't even be able to probably get started back into it anyway until next week, so don't even don't even worry about it it's all good yeah, and
0: that's uh, I know I mentioned it um before, but it's it's one of those things where I'll come downstairs at like midnight just to do something quick and then it's like two thirty and I'm like trying to pull myself away, yeah, it's so annoying and uh <laughs> Like I put a, I put that, I, I picked a song that I kind of like and I put it in there so that it'd give it a little bit of life. Yeah. And I I hear this song in my head all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like um, my kids were really into Plants vs. Zombies for a while. and So just, you just, like I'd sit up in bed and I'd hear Plants vs. Zombies. And Sometimes <laughs> it would be playing somewhere and other times it wasn't. It just was playing in my head all the time. Um, this song is taking that place, so
1: for good or bad, I don't know <laughs> just, No, I, I know that feeling though I absolutely know that feeling That's awesome So, other than
0: working on um, that game, I know you've had a couple others that are like, kind of coming together too, right?
1: Yeah um, So I'm currently working uh, I've been working on for quite a while with uh, Soldak, this is the fourth game I've been working on with him um, It's called uh, uh, Drox Operative And it's currently in alpha and we're moving into beta as soon as I can get my assets in. (laughs) So, um, and we're going to do beta slash pre-sale like we did last time. So anybody that gets into the beta of the game can, um, or buys the beta can, uh, or I should say anybody that pre-orders will get access to the beta if they would like to, and they can fool around and, um, really help to make changes, um, as far as balancing and features and stuff like that. So I think that's a kind of a trend that a lot of um, especially indie games, but even some bigger games are doing now is having a rather extended beta in which you can buy in. And um, yeah, I think so, it's it's smart especially in the indie. Yeah, it makes sense in the indie. Um, yeah.
0: how many how many people work at is it Soldock? Soldak,
1: uh, so, so like, yeah. There's there are now two full-time employees okay. um steven is the the programmer owner and um and then, and then steven uh hornback he's um he's the uh the graphics guy the okay. 3d artist yeah
0: it, i mean their stuff has always had like a i don't want to say small team feel to it but that's exactly what it does but it's got um it's got a small team feel but it's got a large world stuff yeah you know? yeah it's um, yeah definitely so i was like sort of i don't know my back of my head is like oh gosh please don't be like 15 people um that's awesome to hear that it's such a small group so um
1: yeah and actually it's only this game that there's actually been that second person full time it's always just been steven before so um steven 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 yeah steven peeler he's the uh, he's the owner of that place okay and and we do get kind of a lot of um flack for for the graphics but um the biggest reason is that it's always intended to be played on um this really really wide range of machines so the uh like the the counts the um the tri count is re- or the poly count for each model needs to be really really low so you, you know it's it's um if you see the models when they first start out they look pretty pretty sick yeah. but then I pull it really 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 far down yeah i know well i know what you're talking about but i
0: i don't i'm one of those people that i really care about the core game sure yeah i'll I'll admit i haven't really played their stuff but um and looking at it you'd be like oh okay but i believe i've gotten and especially talking with you and seeing some of the stuff you've done is i believe that the core game there is like the important part
1: right yeah yeah yeah. it's these games are pretty much all about the gameplay um and that's and, and that's kind of Steven's mindset because um, he uh, obviously has been very ins- influenced by Diablo, and he he spends you know the majority of the time basically developing the uh, the gameplay, which is all um, generated on the fly essentially, or it's all you know created at at runtime. So every time you start a new world, it's it's all completely random essentially. Oh,
0: that's cool. So, yeah, the
1: programmer and me would just love
0: to make stuff stuff like that, procedurally yeah. generated things. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, the ma, the science behind that I think is really interesting.
1: Yeah. And and the cool thing is that he'll bring sort of quest structures from all the previous games. So obviously they're retooled for each game, but every game it gets bigger and bigger because it's it's pulling from this base that that's already been written. Um so yeah, it's just mind-boggling. Then then again, testing is a complete headache too because <laughs> Yeah, right. Um yeah. I know what you mean. It it's got that also, oh, you know, anything
0: a double-edged sword kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, okay. Yeah. So, a couple questions about these guys. You're going to be our our, our guest developer this week. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> so, like, where are they? Where is the main guy?
1: Uh, in Texas. He is in Texas. Okay. Yeah. How yeah. did you
0: How did you guys come to meet
1: each other? Uh, that's That's a great question, and this is going to be one of my plugs for modding. Um, that that's one of the best ways at least that I know of really getting into the gaming industry because I first bought their game off of uh, some website that used to be run by Greg Kostikian. Um, he's an author, fantasy author and work, like makes uh, fantasy games and stuff like that. But he had this uh, site called Manifesto Games, which was kind of pro indie games. And I saw this game called Depths of Peril on there. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I downloaded it. And it's kind of like uh, it's Diablo style, but with factions that are all fighting um, to win over this town. So essentially, you uh, you are a character in your sort of your own faction, and there's going to be four other factions, and you're all trying to become the biggest faction of this town. But you can ally with them or be enemies of them, and they're also completing quests at the same time that you're completing quests. So you run you'll run into their characters like out in the world. Um, they might die. They might redeem the quest. So you got to balance uh, questing in the world with maybe being attacked in the town by your um, uh, stuff. So I was like, ah, this is a really cool game. But there wasn't any voice in the game. Um, and there's sort of like 5 mainish characters. So I was like, I'm just going to create a voice mod. And uh, you couldn't do voice at the time, but I just kept bugging the developer, Steven, until he released a patch that let you put uh, a voice into the game. So I just made voices for these five characters and released it as a mod. And then um, when the next game, when they're making the next game, I quickly made a mod because I started playing in the beta. Made a mod for that game, and he's like, "Should we just in- you want to just include it in the game?" I'm like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> and uh, so, so then the next game, he's like, um, "If you want to do voice, that's cool. Do you happen to know how to do like sound effects or music?" And I'm like, I uh, "Yes, I do." <laughs> so, okay, well, um, that, that yeah, that that's cool. It actually
0: leads me to my next question: is um, is I mean, and you. By all means, you don't have to talk about it. But I'm just wondering, like, how how are you paid? Are you paid by asset,
1: by time, by percentage? It's a, it's a, yeah, it's all royalty and percentage based. So it's based and, off, uh, off sales and the
0: uh, profit or
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I I guess I can't due to NDAs, I can't really talk about the structure of it. But I I can say that it's royalty and the percentage of royalty based at that point. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, the more the game sells, the the more money I make. But... Um,
0: well, that's that, cool. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: and, you know,
0: just for the side, you might want
1: to... I'm, I'm curious of the percentage if, if, you can, if you can tell me sometime in confidence. Oh, yeah. Well, it just varies by game depending on how many assets I make. So, it's all... It's based... It's just based on who's done... Because there's, there's usually about... Maybe about nine people that work on it. at Any time, you know, and someone's probably doing like icons, and someone's doing UI, and then someone's doing animations. So, it's um, depending on the game, it could there could be a wide variety of assets that might be needed or not needed. Sure. So, um, yeah, it it, it changes by game. Right. I um,
0: I'm pretty sure the NDA is over. But uh, so some some years ago, I was um, I helped a gentleman make his movie, right. And his offer to me at the time was 2% of, of, uh, money after profits after, um, so the way it works is, you know, the, in the case of indie filmmaking, in his case, he puts his money forward to make a movie. And then once he earns that money back, he'll give 2% of anything after the fact. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and I was happy to take 2% and i Helped him out a lot. But really, he said, don't expect any money. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because right. he, was, he was expecting a loss. Um, but, you know, at the time, I, I just thought it was neat to be involved in something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and in his case, you know, I had talked to him. Like, we ended up just being chatting all the time because we were both computer people at night. Um, and just chatting all the time about how he did percentages. Or I'm sorry. Chat, we, we chatted and it had come up about how he did percentages and stuff like that and it's just ever since it's been kind of interesting to me how from business like something me and you haven't talked about yet is like your motivation for fireman run and what our expectations of it are as an example because i don't know if we're going to try to make money off of it or not right right yeah but anyway that's just curiosity of mine is 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 how you were and I expected it to be a percentage of, of sales.
1: Yeah. And um, it the, one of the coolest things why, um, you know, I, I don't make a, a whole lot from it, but he gives me such creative freedom, which, it, which is a huge draw for me. So I really get to go in there and just kind of get my hands dirty. And um, it's a lot of work, but, you know, I love doing it. And it's cool to be able to almost have like, you know, carte blanche and sort of create this audio aesthetic and um that's that's one of
0: my opinions about things and it might be broken having never like formed a team or anything but if you can find people that are interested in what they do yeah you know beyond a job like in your case you're perfect for it because you went above and beyond it in your own personal time to make something so giving you carp launch to do creative work which is what you were doing in the first place is exactly what he wants
1: yeah true true and, yeah
0: and he's in a position where he knows he can trust you right he doesn't have to hold your hand or beg you for things or you know exactly yeah, yeah. so that's a, and that's a great place to be
1: it is and and i and i really appreciate that so i'm you know my my loyalty is is there for as long as they'll have me <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah no it's yeah it's like so how many games
0: with them have you worked on
1: uh this will be my fourth ah, yeah so that's a good history to have man
0: yeah, no, I who think so too. So this brings up my another question about them. Is yeah. I swear I saw them on uh, Humble Bundle or something like this.
1: Yeah, they just Depths of Peril, just their first game was just in uh, an indie bundle. Yeah. Was it uh Was it Humble, the Humble I don't, Bundle? I don't remember what bundle it was. Was it the here? Let me see. Uh, indie. It's not, not going on now. Oh, is it? Indie Royale. Indie Royale. Okay. I think it's done. Or over. But um.
0: Yeah. Depths. Okay. Yeah, I remember having seen them. There's a. <laughs> there's so many of these little like, bundles going on. Um. Shoot, I think I missed this one. I already own half of them anyway. If <laughs> yeah. that doesn't normally doesn't stop me, I just buy it anyway and and say, I'll sort it out later. The nice thing about Steam or Desura is you just plug in the numbers and then you're like, there, I'll never lose that game.
1: Oh, exactly, yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Shoot. I'll just look at my Steam account right now and I'll tell you if I got it or not.
1: I'm hoping I did.
0: Um, I would love to, uh, like, I don't know if they'd ever be interested in, like, coming on the podcast to chat. I mean, they're not really... Twin Cities
1: but they do work with you it'd be interesting to that's true yeah to talk to them I i think I could probably rope that the the the, the funny thing is I've never spoken to him in person it's all been over emails oh which really is actually yeah it's so bizarre um yeah so I it's kind of just bizarre how relationships kind of spring up in this new virtual office age
0: oh yeah no kidding no huh? Yeah, I think that the, the gentleman I worked with on the movie, I don't think we ever talked in person. I know exactly what it looks like because I saw all the, you know, oh, features and yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: Depths of peril. Dope. Nope, not on there. I must have missed it. Ah, it's all good. It'll probably be um, probably on some some stuff uh coming up as well I, um, i'm
0: i I don't know i i okay so humble indie bundles you know they started coming out and it was great big huge deal right
1: yeah yeah um
0: and i i think it bred um you know gave some life uh into some indies like it was a good thing yeah i agree and but there now i don't know it to what extent people actually notice, but there's a lot of these other ones that have sprung up, like Indie Royale, which is one that I've thought is always has been one of the standouts. Um, in comparison, uh, mm, just sure. wondering how how that whole thing was, because if you do some searching for uh, humble and reaction from developers, there's been a couple that have been kind of like naysayers. And I oh, gotcha. Were but they're they're. Their reaction
1: to it wasn't so hot. Gotcha. So, and I to, me, to the to the experience of it, you mean? Yeah, like the ones that
0: well, that, like, and I can't remember exactly, and and I'll have to look it up. But the story I remember is, you know, Humble Bundle. You've done it before, right? Uh, you know, I haven't. I haven't oh, actually. Well, you should. Uh, so, so Humble Bundle, they 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 offer you know a number of games, usually DRM free, so you can download them. But they'll also give you a Steam code or something. Or um, so you can plug it into your Steam or whatever. So in, in my case, like the first ones I got was like Braid and, um, boy, I, I I can't remember the pack. But um, it, it was a pretty decent deal. You pay what you want. Right, you yeah. And you get some games. And what they do is they, they, you know, there'd be four or five games. And they'd say, if you pay more than $5, you'll get this fifth game right? Oh, Usually that fifth game is something you might want or it's like a beta of something that's kind of popular or you know, right? Sure, right. And so I believe the thing I'm I'm recalling is somebody was trying to, because an indie game developer kind of wanted to be in a Humble Bundle because it would be a huge boost to your you know, all of a sudden your game is out there. Right. Right. And it's going to a lot more people than before. So like the current Humble Bundle is called the Botanic Coolie, Coola.
1: Oh, that's right. Botanicula.
0: There we go. Botanicula, which is um, a game from the people who made Sam Rost and Machinerum.
1: Oh, yeah. Very
0: interesting games. So it's it's worth it. Um, Those are awesome, yeah. But they've sold 85,000 copies of the Humble Bundle, you know. And granted, its average is, let's see what the average is. I'm looking at the webpage right now. Um,. Average purchase is eight dollars and eighty-eight cents. So oh wow, that's you really take, impressive. Y- yeah, you, I mean you take eight dollars and eighty-eight cents, and and you you times that by you know eighty-five thousand copies, and that's almost um, you know that's three quarters of a million dollars. Sure. And granted, you know a certain amount of that goes to charity, and that's and a certain amount of it goes to they call it the humble bundle tip. So you can tip the people that, that put this together mm. and the rest, you know, and a certain percentage of it goes to developers. So it, if everybody just took the default, 55% of that would go to the developers. So that's, you know, so so let's say it's 50%. That's uh, 85,000 copies at, at $8.88 a piece for total sales of um, $750,000. If fifty percent of that is going to the developer, right? Which in this case is all the one developer. Mm. That's gotcha. You know, three hundred thirty-five thousand yeah. dollars off that's, of their that's crazy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And I, I'm amazed. I think it's awesome because here they are. Just they made their games and they just here you go, give it away. Essentially, yeah. pay a buck yeah. if you want. And it's working out amazingly well. So, anyway, I'd I'd love to hear, and I probably could find some more if I search the internet. But um, I know that Soldak, like I said, they just did the Indie Royale, so it'd be interesting to hear how that went for them.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it looks like from Indie Royale's site, it was sold 19,123 bundles. So, I don't think necessarily know what the statistics are. But, um, you know, at the very least, it's got to be a good word of mouth for... uh, for uh, for the for the developers, I would think.
0: Yeah, I'm try-
1: I'm looking at the Indie Royale site as
0: well, and trying to see if they've got, um. A like an average, but I mean, compare the eighty-five thousand of the humble bundle to the right, right, yeah, of the Indie Royale. It's it, it's not as big. um right. It's one of the betters. There there are a number of bundles. It is one of the better ones. Um. Yeah, I don't see a. An average, necessarily. Looks like in this, this is like. Looks like the average is about five dollars. So I mean that's a hundred thousand dollars, but it, sure. But in this case, you know, I don't know what the percentage is there either. But it's divided amongst a number of different developers too. And I'm sure uh, there is some negotiation in there, like. Yeah, we'll sure. put your game in there, but you'll only get five percent of the Dell developer chunk because your name isn't as big a draw
1: as, sure, you know something else. Um, but anyway, no, but I think that's a in an in interesting parallel uh, in the in the music field when Radiohead put out their um, uh, In Rainbows mm-hmm. CD, they first did the very basically the same thing. They basically said, "You can pay whatever you want." and um and they released it first only on the internet and um you know you could even pay for free if you wanted to and of course you know their record company was up in arms but um you know they're they're big enough they can write their own contracts so they did that and i think they said something like maybe 75% of the people didn't pay or or 90 i don't know 85% didn't pay but that was actually their best selling the, uh, their most profitable record they would yeah, made up exactly, to that point. Exactly, right? Yeah.
0: Even though you screw the the, you know, a lot of people take advantage of you. The ultimate end result is you make more money. Yeah. Which, okay, right? Yeah. Okay. People are gonna pirate it one way or another, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So, and and I'm it, sure a lot of people are like, you know, I love you guys. Here's 50 bucks because you know. Did, I like what you're doing.
0: Is it Radiohead that when that album was coming out, they also put out a whole bunch of samples, and they said, mix our song, and if it's good, we'll put it on the album?
1: I don't remember or not.
0: Because I, at the time, I was playing with Acid. You ever play with um, Acid? Yeah, yeah. Um, the the sound editing program. It's a, loop, <laughs> it's a loop sampling kind of program. It's sort of dopey simple. It's good for people like me, but um, you just drag and drop audio segments onto a timeline and, um, you can change tempo and pitch and all sorts of like little things. But yeah, I, remember, I seem to recall that they had done that. It might've been uh, you too. Now that I think about it, nah, it doesn't matter. All right. So, well, that's what we've been up to. I, I noticed you have a couple of the things on
1: the, uh, oh, show notes. You want to just quick throw them out? Actually, I just had a cool... Uh, just a couple more things. I'm still playing this this little mobile game called Skyfall, which is an MMO. Um, and they're using something called Gamer's Voice to help sort of drive feedback on the game. Have you ever used that before? No, I've never heard of it. Um, I've used it on one other one other game too. And it's basically a forum where you vote what you feel is important to you. So you get 10 votes and um, you can make your own suggestions for the game and then so basically you say okay i think there should be more keys dropping and then you can put up to three votes into any one category and so you you know you have your username and your username will count uh you get 10 votes per game so whatever registers for gamer voice um so i'll i'll say i think this is really important it's worth three and then anybody else that 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 you know, puts up suggestions. You can put your votes on that too, but at one time you can only have ten votes out. Okay. Um, so it's a really cool way uh, for the developers to see what people really care about, like really, because you got 10, bo- 10 votes, and you're going to put it on what you think is most important. And then you can you can remove your votes from something and put them on something else if you want to as well. Um, and to use a vote or to to suggest a topic, automatically you have to use one vote. But I think that's really, really good idea for for beta uh, feedback because you can, you can in a somewhat weighted way see what's important to people. Um, yeah, it actually
0: like I'm not real keen on the idea, and I'll explain that in a minute. But it sounds like they've actually balanced it in a way that can actually be useful. Yeah. Um, like one of the problems you could have is there's like a very vocal minority of people that hate stuff, right? Yep. And they're often really vocal, like 10%, or like say 2% of your fan base is crazy, right? Right. But they're actually like the majority of the vocal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, And the other thing is, like a lot of times, at least it's my opinion, people will tell you what they want, but it doesn't make for good design. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: So you, you
0: have to both go through the crazy and go through the, like, well, you're a misunderstanding. The reason why there isn't a lot of ammo is because it makes it tense. And if we gave you unlimited ammo, then the game isn't tense. Excellent. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But I I can't remember who I had heard a talk once about that, and they said um, something to that effect that, you know, you should listen to them. But don't listen to what they're asking for. <laughs> yeah. um, listen to how excited they are about what they're mm. asking for. Um, sure. Because you know, there's going to be there's going to be diamonds in the rough. In, yeah. In beta, people suggesting ideas, but you know, if there's a two tons of of dirt and only an ounce of gold, it it's a right. lot of work.
1: Right. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, so you know, with anything like kind of like online reviews for products or anything like that, you know, you you take statistics and then you you meet out what you can from the from the metrics. But um, at least it is one of the better ways I've heard of kind of going about it. Yeah, I'm um, going
0: to look into that. That sounds pretty smart Cause it, because what it does is it 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 takes those crazies and they have to balance <laughs> exactly <laughs> crazy exactly. and you know it it, it actually sounds like from somebody that like if I was a developer and I opened myself up like say like double fine right double fine did sure. their kickstarter and what a kickstarter's things is you end up with this like forum community of people that can that you can use to get feedback with what you're doing sure sure but you know the problem also is is if you're popular like double fine you're probably going to be popular in the forums as well yeah and then you've got a lot of stuff to go through. And how do you do that?
1: Yeah, how do you, absolutely. How do you
0: actually go through it? And, and my suspicion is, is as, as you go through it, you would come to the conclusion that it's not worth it. Because, you know, there'd be people talking about what they had for breakfast and, you know, whatever sure. else. It becomes a social community. Um, additionally, sure. Um, I don't know, it's interesting like that idea where the, the the weight balance of it of voting.
1: Yeah. I I think it yeah, the other thing that's um actually a good idea that it does is when you're when you're actually there's a couple of other things that I think are cool. And and I completely agree with you about having problems due to uh the crazies and a lot of times people that are fine with the game won't comment or people that like stuff won't comment. So uh you know, something some feature that everybody loves may not comment on it and you may not think it's important. But um, when you're typing in like a new suggestion, it's, it actively does a search kind of like the, the Google does a search when you're typing sure. stuff in yeah, I've seen this to show thing. you, to show you other comments that have already been put or up other, there or, or other. Yeah. yeah. So at least that's, that's for, for people that are too lazy to, to look to see if anything's been posted.
0: Um, yeah. It's really common now in like, uh, the, the online question forums and stuff is oh, consider if cool. this question is like these questions.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, um and the other thing that they do too is it, it allows for the developers to put a response, and they can actually label these uh, suggestions as like open or considering or never closed, yeah, yeah or never, yeah. Um, so that, um, so yeah, I think it's a it's a, it's useful to get feedback and to provide feedback, um, but it's just a tool. But I think it's it's an interesting idea. Oh, uh, but the whole point why I brought this up is that it's a freemium game. So the way it works is that sometimes when you get loot, there'll be a chest and you can try to pick the lock. And if it's a really low chance that you will open it and if you don't succeed, it will break. And then uh, you can't get what's in the chest and to open a chest every time you have to you buy a key or buy keys, which with real money and you can only buy them with real money and now energy, you can only buy real money. You have so many moves every day. So, you know, there's a balance since it's premium of premium and, um, you know feeling like it's a money grab or or you know fun of the developers so i think that's an interesting balance to you know for for a game for the longevity of a game is how do you make sure that people don't feel like they're just getting their pockets ransacked yeah. but still be able still be able to make a quality game and fund it ongoingly
0: i'm i yeah i'm real interested in that question too because that's really the way games are going now is that you make your game extremely cheap or free, free mm-hmm. because people, they can play so many other things that are free. Right. And right. then you got to suck them in to pay something some way. Right. You know, like you get your, you get a pet cow. Right. I mean, there's no reason for it other than, you know, decoration, but, <laughs> but you own right. that pet cow because you paid real money for it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm one of these people that like you mentioned Skyfall and then you have to buy real, Real um real money to buy keys in order to open chests, and I just want nope, not interested, like i I don't like that idea of tying like what's a good way to put it? um it breaks the fourth wall, you know what breaking the fourth wall is, yeah, 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 right, um, so it's 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 like a movie when they pull back and they reveal the director and the film crew that's breaking the fourth wall, it feels like. Um, maybe that's not the right way, but it pulls you out of the game in a way, sure, yeah, like oh yes, i'd really love to do this, okay, so let me blow up my credit card so I can get right. you know Gorgon the destroyer, a bigger sword,
1: right, yeah um now now it's, to be fair um you you don't ever have to spend any money to complete the game in any way um generally better better items will drop from chests, but uh good items do je- do drop uh, normally. Right, and, right. But I mean, and you you also get uh, keys as rewards for some quests too. Okay, so yeah. you do end up getting some—not many, but you do get and end up getting some keys. All right. So, but but at the same time, they the chests drop fairly periodically. So most of the time they're just breaking. So it's I, it, it's it's always that struggle. Is right,
0: and it's a sign of the times. It's the new entertainment. It's what it's what developers have to do. Right, because that's it's the way it's going. Um, Yeah. And as much as I don't like it, I also understand it. Um, And in some cases, you know, you can get a lot of free content, free, great content.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And you
0: know, and I don't know, is this, this is a multiplayer thing, right?
1: Yeah. It's an MMO. I mean, it's, it's sort of like asynchronous, an asynchronous MMO, but it is technically an MMO. But you, but you want a lot of people playing it as well. Yes. So you want a good
0: game that even if you're not going to pay for it, or pay them anything, you're at least providing them uh with the benefit of having you as a customer, at least yeah. to other customers. Yeah. Oh absolutely.
1: Yeah, because you, you, you can progress further with other other people because they'll help you uh do actions for free essentially. So it behooves you to have as many friends as possible in the game. <laughs> okay. So well, also it, the that... fact that you can actually find people playing it. Right. Um, and, and I guess in a way that's good because even players that will never give them any money are still providing them a benefit and that they'll probably pull in other people too. So, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting balance to see how companies do it and I'm, I'm very keenly aware in that because I like the idea of putting out games for free but then striking the balance of being able to still make the game as a developer and not feel like you're fleecing the customers. is
0: Yeah, it's a real hard... Place to be, um, yeah. Well, uh, what was it? Dungeons and Dragons. It used to be a pay MMO, and then they went free. Yeah. Um. And then what they did was you, in order to level up, you had to get coins or something like this.
1: Oh really? Oh.
0: I I don't remember exactly what they did, but essentially you could buy them, and then it would allow you to level up in a sort of normal way.
1: Oh okay, gotcha. Um,
0: I believe or. You would earn them throughout gameplay, but it would take you longer. Right. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, at the time it sounded and I never I never played the MMO of it, but you know that they 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 sort of were forced to go free. Sure. Because But
1: I heard their profits went way up when they uh, went free.
0: Yeah, I I'm guessing their um the, the the result of it in first reaction was pretty good. Longstanding, I don't know but sure because nobody's able to take the wow down you know what's that one that came out was it warhammer that came out a couple years a... ago essentially there's just a... wow and then it kind of just disappeared
1: there's a, there's a quite a few i don't know um but you're right yeah wow just kind of kind of remains this king that no one's really defeated yeah, I wonder how uh, old Republic is doing. That's a good question. I haven't. We. It's too bad we don't have Jackie to give us reports.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: We miss you, Jackie.
0: Let's Come see. Come back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, and quickly, I discovered the guild. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's Instant. O- Go watch it. It's awesome. That's all I'm going to say about it.
0: Is it? Well, it's six episodes on Netflix. Is yeah. That, is that all of it?
1: Yeah, they I mean they basically they were that. released separately, like in little teeny short episodes, and then Netflix just chunked each season into one episode essentially.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I know that so, it was a it was a web sensation. Yeah, I know yeah. that it helped uh propel
1: um Felicia Day even further in her geekdom. Yeah. So but you know it's it's really, really well written and um and if you into video games especially if you've played an MMO you'll probably just love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so that's what I've heard. Um I, I like Felicia Day's character too. It's it she
1: feels real about it. But yeah, yeah, she really does. I'm impressed. And the last last point in the sort of what we've been doing, I just wanted to say I was thoroughly unimpressed that there's a movie called Battleship coming out and is a Hollywood it's it's <laughs> it's based on a board game, so it's sort of, I you know, IGDA related. But I'm just like, really, are we struggling that much for movie plots that, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I heard guess... I had
0: heard Ooh. about this years ago because um, there's always been these rumors about there's going to be a Pac-Man movie or there's going to sure. be an Asteroids movie, and Battleship was one of them, um, and <laughs> it's one of these things. I'm wondering, like, I think this is my opinion from a movie making standpoint is that they've got this story for some lame space alien, um, you know, comes to Earth and it's saved by Navy stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, what happens is the Hollywood machine grinds it in some way that determines that battleship, and if we can make the connection with the game battleship by Milton Bradley, we've got this connection between the two, and we can free advertise, spread ourselves and become a summer blockbuster.
1: that's it's prob- it's actually sounds pretty likely.
0: That's what I think. I think the Battleship, is just a good name for a movie, just Battleship, right? The story comes down to it's a battleship, probably. Right? Sure. sure. I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot, but it's probably, right? So it's a perfect name, Battleship. And if you say Battleship, what do people think? They think you sunk it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so True. you got it. You just, well, let's see if we can do a tie-in because they would love to, to have their name for their video game out there of course or not yeah. video game but for their, their board game. game yeah
1: that's probably true so that's, that's probably that's
0: true that's what I think the tie is but but who who knows
1: at uh, yeah you know it, it's the world we live in
0: um int- interesting sort of semi-related story is there was this guy who wrote this story a movie about um i believe it was some crisis in Cuba and independence and all this stuff, and he f- he finally got his movie made, right? It it got optioned. It it went. It went to whatever the movie thing happens with movies, right? So you he spent all this time. He wrote this awesome script about love and revolution and and when it finally made it to Hollywood, you know what it became? What's that? Dirty Dancing Two Havana Nights.
1: <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yep. Oh, that's so sad.
0: Right, but it got made. He's like, "Well, you know, it's <laughs> not exactly
1: I what I imagined." <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. hi, hey, Tori. Yeah, yeah. So I saw you at the meeting. Yes, I was there. Yeah, it was actually. <laughs> I ran out of uh, videotape. Oh wow! It 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 was a good one. So. um Big John games being the meat of the meeting. Uh, they've always been this awesome balance of like art and programming and marketing and, and yeah. they're just, they're just, they're just good people. Um, and they, and you can tell they really enjoy what they do. Yeah, um, it's true. But also the, the like intro guy, the, I guess what we've always called the member project Yeah, it's, um, a local indie studio, which I don't think they're not in it for the money. They're just in it to make it.
1: Yeah, um, and that, that's really admirable, really, I think. Yeah,
0: no, I, I 100% admire that. Um, but uh, Don James of Pudding Hat Games. Indeed. Which, if Indeed. you imagine what their hat logo looks like, it looks exactly like you're imagining a hat <laughs> yeah. full of pudding. Um, <laughs> so, Core of Innocence. They presented their game Core of Innocence, which... Um, I will admit, like, I had found them, like, a month or two before, and I had watched, seen their website, and I watched their video, and it's kind of got this, like, adult, but yet really juvenile thing kind of going on, because it's, you know, a girl and hardly any clothing with swords, fighting skeletons, and you know, she's endowed. <laughs> everything, everything a young boy would love about right. a video game. But, um, and so when I saw them, and they started playing their video, a little giggle, and actually... The game actually does look fun. It's a, it's definitely a 2D. um, It's 2D, but it's definitely got that that Castlevania or Metroid, you know, vibe. They call it uh, Metrovania, yeah, which is a great way to explain it. So, I don't know. What would you think?
1: You know, I I, I, am pretty I'm intrigued by it too. Um, because it they they they've put a lot, clearly put a lot of work into the game, and there's like a there's a ton of content. I mean, it's still, um, it's still like, as they said, it's still, they're still working on balancing and, you know, putting the content into the game uh, in like logical manner. But they put a ton of work in this game. And as they, and they said, they're actually going to be putting this out for free for download. So I I think that's, that's really cool. And I'm kind of, I I love exploring projects like that. Yeah, they've been,
0: I, I, I say they, but I believe it's uh, Don mostly, and then a friend that he has help with, like uh, who's interested or whatever. Um, it's five years, he said. Numerous engine restarts. Um, sure. I can't remember what he said they were using, but <laughs> it 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 there is a lot of content. There's a lot of stuff there. A lot of throwback to anime, which I didn't recognize much of it, but mm. um, you know, weapons and creatures and very interesting it definitely has that like um i'm doing this because i'm interested i'm not making my living off of it and it's in my free time vibe sure yeah um but it's 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 got potential to be really neat yeah
1: you know i kind of sort of almost see a little cult following for this game though
0: oh yeah i mean i could see that too i mean he's obviously cares you can tell he's one of these guys that I used to work with this dude his car like I, I i wasn't for sure but there was a car that parked in the parking lot and it, and the bumper sticker said got anime right <laughs> and i never knew for sure if this was this guy's car or not and it was gotcha <laughs> it, but most definitely he was into the anime right that's These, awesome uh this pudding hat games they they obviously um pay attention to some anime because they they uh, put some um, references into their game that even I recognized as uh, somebody on the outskirts of of anime realization. You know?
1: And and it, and to be honest, I've always been a huge fan of those kind of two D side scrolling games, semi platformy, semi action adventure, like like you know Castlevania um, and Metroid. So there's a there's this nostalgic string that's being pulled very very strongly. So, yeah, I think it looks really interesting, and I'm, I'm impressed with how much they've been able to do. Yeah, it'll be worth it. Um,
0: one, one thing that was interesting is they had a Kickstarter, and they succeeded. Um, but I can't remember a whole lot about the Kickstarter campaign. I know that it was a relatively small amount. It was only $400, and they did get um, funded.
1: Yeah. that's Hey, that, that's always impressive, too. When you can um even if you're not asking for a lot, still getting any kind of money is awesome. Money for art. Yeah. Um <laughs>
0: I know okay, so I'm looking at their Kickstarter page and they're they're talking about possibly porting it to Xbox Live Indie Arcade. Oh wow. Um they may have some troubles with that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that'd be a <laughs> hard push. But here's the thing. If they go the you know the indie route where they're super or at least mildly popular right um, they might have an in with Xbox in that case that's true that's um true. granted that they've got sort of a certain amount of adultness to it like which is sort of humorous in the nudity category i and Xbox tends to shy away from that stuff yeah but in their indie uh, in their arcade at least for sure
1: yeah um but then again it's you you never know when when there's uh yeah you never know how marketing works right they can can change their minds on a dime
0: like i'm trying to think of a game and well i know the xbox live indie arcade um i'm pretty sure that's the, the that's the the one that it Anybody can go get XNA Studio and make games for. They have really strict rules about nudity and and stuff in there. Like crazy stuff. Like it can't be I remember looking and like you couldn't make say a strip poker game and put it on there. They won't let you. In sure. fact um it can't really even be risque. Um I'm trying to think of like even in a bigger sense. Okay, you ever play um what's the game? Uh your Kratos. Oh God of War. God of War. You ever play God of War? Yeah,
1: yeah. Right? The minigame?
0: Yeah, it's got the mini game where you're you're doing it. Right. Um and I'm pretty sure you got to see breasts in that game. Yeah, yeah. I trying to think of a an Xbox game
1: where there's an equivalent scene it's not necessarily equivalent but mass effect uh has
0: yeah but that was done like more really, tastefully very very tastefully gotcha, uh, not sure.
1: that kratos's thing wasn't
0: tasteful but but i mean you know it was pretty damn blatant what
1: what the point there was right right yeah um, whereas no, mass, the, mass effect did the sex box but did, did duke nukem come out for xbox 360 yes does that have nudity i think it does I, I haven't have. played it, but now I'm gonna have to buy this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Conan, Conan did. Really? Yep, and that that was a 360 game. So I I think it just a big, probably depends on how much money they think they can get, it, which is really all always what it boils down to.
2: Huh. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Anyway. I haven't played anything, at least on my Xbox, that's had um, to the same level of extent as as
1: PlayStation 2's version of God of War. Sure.
0: But, and have I ever told you my story about...
1: Yeah, when your wife walked walked in. Of course, the first time she walks, yeah.
0: walks in on me playing video games and it's that <laughs> scene from God of War. Look, of course it is. This is exactly yeah. what video games are. Crashing cars, shooting people in the head... And bagging girls—that's <laughs> that's what video games were about. <laughs> oh my god!
1: Uh, it's uh it's just how the world works.
0: All right. So anyway, all that core of innocence—it actually looks pretty good. I wonder when it'll come out. Um, I—if I had seen their their Kickstarter, I probably would have, you know, kicked in something.
1: But just because local guys and stuff, yeah, like that. absolutely. And then, uh, of course, that was followed up by Big John Games, which is really one of the biggest developers uh, in this state that, by far.
0: Yeah, they've actually had um, what I would consider a lot of growth and success over the last few years. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Ken, Ken Patterson, who's, I'm not exactly sure if he's like owner or, you know, co-owner or what. But I think he's the man that is Big John Games. I think his dad was Big John. Not a, oh, okay. I believe so. I'm not sure. Oh, no, that then, makes um, sense. So Ken, uh, his employee, Matt, um, Matt Heinzen, I think is how you say his name. He's like a um, pretty awesome developer. And then uh, AJ is their one of their artists. And I remember... <laughs> like years ago way back before aj worked there and then aj showed up as a new employee of of battery power or of big john so anyway so they presented a whole bunch of stuff and each one of those gentlemen can matt and aj presented something that's why i'd mentioned that they have this cool presentation balance of art programming and yeah marketing yeah. and just the experience of game development so Ken being the owner and super into it you can tell he cares like just as excited by the industry. Yeah. And so he presented his uh Big Bass Arcade No Limit game. Which um hit the it's a Wii game. It went out on WiiWare. And it actually and I'm super impressed with this, it was number one in the Wii market
1: for yeah. some time. I think
0: he said it's like six weeks or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And to I that's crazy. Like that's yeah. like you're upsetting Nintendo's stuff <laughs> yeah, up there. that's true. And it got them noticed. So they actually are going retail with that product as well. So if it's not in stores already, it's going to be soon.
1: And that's pretty huge, DLC going for uh, moving to retail. That's pretty... Yeah,
0: I I mean, know, it's, it's huge. Their game there, I mean, if it, and Ken made a great point about this too, actually, in his presentation, is that it, going retail used to be the only way and there's a lot of hurdles and hoops and stuff you have to do in order to do it right yeah there's a lot of stuff from packaging and materials and discs burning and a lot of stuff whereas the digital thing is you kind of just got to worry about your game yep yeah and that is sort of a super nice thing so in the case of the going retail he actually they found somebody that um could really help them with that they had the game and they just sort of Work with somebody to help them go retail with it. So yeah, oh, and it, makes sense. In their case, instead of going retail with that beforehand, they knew that they had a success from WiiWare. Yeah, and the support of Nintendo and stuff as well. So, and our own president Zach uh, went actually freelanced a little bit and added uh, one of the mini games in the game,
1: which is way cool because I, I know that he's been wanting to work on like a straight up game for the longest time. And uh, now he's got something out there.
0: Yeah, he's got his name to something. And it was like, you know, I'm sure pretty exciting to see it in, uh, in number one in the market. So, Oh, gosh, yeah. And I got to mention it because Ken did this. Um, and w- one of the reasons why I love the way he presents stuff. So he had, you know, his whole slide deck of PowerPoint or whatever it was he's using. In one slide, he's got a picture. And he goes, Zach sent me this picture. And it shows us number one in the Wii market. Right, oh, yeah, and right. then he said, "I like this picture so much," and he clicks it to the next page, and it's—he's like, "I took a picture myself." <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I love that.
0: <laughs> love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. that is really awesome. Yep. And uh, yeah, and I, I like, I like, like the little uh, sort of anecdotes that he threw in. How like he's like, I just really think that there needed to be a dog in this game. Yeah, that was so, a good point. So there it is. Yep. <laughs> so there's just a random dog here and there. Well
0: it's because and, he's uh, a game developer and he's actually yeah. a fisherman. So he yeah. put in some of those things like if I was to make a fishing game, I never would have thought of there being a dog on the beach or somewhere nearby. And he yeah. his point was every time I go fishing, there's usually a dog out there. Yeah. On the on somewhere on the shore that's watching me.
1: It's true, and I think and I think it adds a nice little touch because it it just, you know, it, it shows that the developer cares about their game. It's not just about a money, you know, money grab. Because, um, you know, that's just all flavor. It's it's uh, So I think that's really cool. I like that. Yeah.
0: They've made a number of, I mean, they've made a number of uh, fishing games before. So they know that the market there is a good market. Right. And I don't want to equate that to a money grab because it's just strategic. But they also, it seems, they care to make a decent yeah. Fishing game. no, oh, absolutely. Uh, Ken has presented fishing games previously at the IGDA Twin Cities, um, but they hadn't been on Wii. So, like, did you notice this excitement when he's talking about, look, at the water has reflection.
1: Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right.
0: He's, like, super excited that the water has reflection. <laughs> you know? I mean, and this is, you know, the Wii hardware, so just the fact that they're able to use... Normal maps and shaders True. and stuff is obviously exciting him. It's kind of neat to see.
1: Yeah, that would be amazing. Like, I, I can't imagine, like, working for, or not working for, like, working with audio in one of those games and being like, okay, my budget is 0. 0.8 of a megabyte for all the audio in the game that I can fit in there. Like, so it's like, I I, <laughs> I can't imagine what that's like to be able to go from 0. 0.8 to maybe, like, 20 or something like that. But
0: Yeah, yeah right. That's actually part of the appeal for me is this idea that you can jam so much into so little. True. True. Like I like I like low polygon modeling and texturing and stuff because it's like this neat optimization puzzle kind of thing.
1: It's true. Yeah. And and there is there is some freedom actually in having limits. Uh, oh. So. right.
0: Yeah. I I will definitely trumpet that. It's nice to have um some boundaries to help you limit your infinite creativity. Yeah. Sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right, well that was they did uh their Big Bass Arcade no limit game. Uh Ken talked about that. And then uh Matt talked about Cart Crashers, which is uh uh or no, AJ talked about Cart Crashers, which was a game they're working on for DSiWare, wear which is um download only for the ds the newer not the newest ds not the 3ds but the dsi and uh pretty neat idea yeah. you know just a little like kind of mario kart but not quite the racing kind more of the run around and drive into stuff kind yeah yeah so and it was in development um i got to play it at the at the bar afterwards and i picked a level and they're like no 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 don't play that one <laughs> I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, okay." Um but it looks it looks promising. I know my kid I'm pretty sure my kids would like that game.
1: Yeah, and the, you know, it you have to tailor tailor to the market, to the uh to the device, which is also I guess that kind of goes back to like the working within your limitations. Um yeah. So and you know, and making something that's there's not too much of Already. So I, I kind of salute that idea, I gotta say.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually sort of surprised because I had, when I got my DS, and granted it was some years ago, but the DS has been around a long time. Mm-hmm. But I had scoured high and low, and there's a lot of games on the DS and the DSi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't recall any that actually fit that game kind of thing. I can't. I don't recall ever finding any that were kind of like the the drive around in your little vehicle and it, you would think that it would be a perfect kind of platform for it but
1: yeah. Yeah, there's just I don't know this. You're right though. There but there's there's so many games that it, it's so hard to to know, but I I assume they would probably know because they're they've uh, got a pretty big stake in that market, so. Yeah.
0: I, well, this is also back when I thought people comparing the iPhone to the DS was ridiculous (laughs) and um, I've totally changed my tune there Mm. Right, Um, and then lastly uh, Matt had presented a game they're working on for the 3DS which is a roller coaster construction kind of game called Coaster Creator 3D and that is just such a perfect idea a roller coaster game that you can build your roller coaster and ride it or watch it, or you know see how p- the the a i people react to it get sick or not get sick <laughs> yeah. um, you know it has a certain amount of physics like it'll run out of energy so the coaster won't make it to the end gate stuff like that, and it's in three d
1: and I'm actually i gotta say I'm actually pretty excited for this game and I might I may actually end up getting a 3DS at some point because of this this game which is kind of bizarre to say and I'm not just saying that to in a suck-up kind of way but I love when there are uh toolkits for um creating your own stuff especially when it looks like they're really spending a lot of time in making the toolkit like easy cuz I'm not I'm not a coder and so many like toolkits are you know this this really weird obtuse interface that you got to you got to know all the the type B commands to, to make stuff work. Um, I know, I know stuff like unity is changing that, but you know, most SDKs are like just this, you, you got to do a lot of work to understand it. So I'm really excited for something like this, where you can easily create something and, you know, make more than just very superficial thing and be able to, to share it and then get reactions and try other people's stuff.
0: Yeah. I think they, they've got a smart approach there to, to build your own roller coaster, um, Uh, customize your tracks and coasters and cars and as well as share them share share your creations with um friends or i don't exactly know how but the ds somehow can do sharing with other ds's in the vicinity or something like that so yeah it's pretty neat yeah i think that they've got They've got some potential there, that's for sure. One thing that they did talk about, which, as I mentioned, I ran out of tape, so I didn't get it on tape, but they were talking about um, the data that they would need to store a track can actually be contained just in a, or potentially can be contained in a QR code.
1: Oh, that's right. So
0: there's enough data just in that picture that you could take that, and that could be the level. So that QR code stores the data that's, you know, stripped down I, enough to to actually
1: make a level, I guess. I think that's pretty amazing. That That is really, really cool. Yeah, that's like
0: pretty that. damn neat, man. I like mean, that's imagine, the sort of thing that gets you yeah. on the
1: back of cereal boxes. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, imagine just like, you know, back when you played Doom and being able to just like scan a QR code and suddenly your level's there. I mean, I know, yes, I know Doom levels are way more complicated, but I mean, that that's so much easier than like... You know, trying to figure out what directory you need to drop this in. And then the pointer file needs to be where. Yeah. You just scan the thing. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. Oh, technology. Oh, it's changed.
0: Yeah, I remember sitting over at my buddy's house when I was like 11. He's playing his Commodore and I'm playing the PC. And we're <laughs> like, man, wouldn't it be great <laughs> if we could play a game together right yeah. now? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, now my... Nine-year-old is is down here managing a Minecraft server, so him and his friends <laughs> from school can play. My God, like, oh, oh, that you, is awesome. shit. You you don't have, you don't realize how how lucky you got it. <laughs> yeah, he uh oh, It's sort of funny. Uh, he was complaining at dinner tonight about how, and he's nine, about how his friend gets to play Call of Duty, and his friend gets to play Dead Island. Right? Oh, These are nine-year-olds, yeah. and I said to him. I am sorry, buddy, but I would not let you play Dead Island. You know, Call of Duty, I don't have as much issue with, but it's still a little bit too mature for me to feel comfortable letting you play. And he goes, but they play. And I said, but you know what? Your dad lets you host a Minecraft server <laughs> so your friends can log in and you can all run around together. Right?
1: Oh, that's how that's <laughs> Their hilarious. dads let
0: them play these games that are inappropriate for them. Your dad hosts a Minecraft server. So who wins? The next time they're talking about at lunch, like it's a big deal, you tell them that. That's hilarious. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, we were hosting a Terraria server for a little while. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right. Well, I, 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 I will also uh, bring it back to the coasters. Uh, the, during the presentation, I was actually excited to try the game and, um, after every meeting, we generally go to um, a, a bar for, um, you know, social time, and uh, Ken and company came along, and they brought the games for people to play at the at the tables, and I actually played the coaster game a little bit, but I didn't turn on the 3D, oh, <laughs> so I didn't right. cross my eyes or whatever you do. I just sort of kind of whimsic, just briefly looked at it and didn't think about it, <laughs> and then talked about Talk to them. <laughs> you know, I played, I've tried their cart game and I tried the, the coaster game. And, and afterwards I'm like, son of a gun. I like wanted to see, I wanted to ride a coaster in 3D. <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So I you do not have, have
1: regrets. A, you don't have a 3DS, do you?
0: No, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not but
1: it, interested. It'd be hard to, to turn something on that you're not used to doing too. Like you wouldn't think to do that. I suppose, too, so I can understand.
0: Yeah, I'm not... I don't like 3D in my TV or movies. I'm one of those people that... that I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see the value. Um, I, Wait, I can see the value, but I'm also... Like, when I have seen it, it's made me sick. Oh, gotcha. And I gotcha. see 3D no problem. Like... Like, uh, I've always been very good at CAD or, you know, 3d geometry and stuff. Cause I can see it. Like, you know, there are some people that they look at something that's say, you know, three-dimensional on a, flat, a drawn order and they don't, they can't quite make it out.
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah.
0: Never had that problem. But if I do the 3d glasses and stuff, I oft I can get sick. Um, gotcha. not vomiting sick, but just like headache sick. Sure. And it's because it's trying to trick my brain into shit that it ain't supposed to do (laughs) yeah. and you know the caveman in me is not letting that happen but
1: no fair enough fair enough um we'll say one one last thing that i wanted to bring up too. um diablo 3 if uh it's might be uh you know at least a med- you know medium sized game perhaps it's, it's um, <laughs> you
0: know, mid May right do we know what day
1: the fifteenth I believe fifteenth so middle of may yep yes yeah. it's coming up fast it is coming up very fast um, so i there's just one thing I thought was very interesting that I love to touch on is that in this game um, you'll now be able to sell your actual items in a market on in Diablo three for actual money and that's uh, that's. I mean, it's probably been done before in games, but I think that's the the scope to which this has been conceived is kind of going to be a game changer. I think.
0: Yeah, I think this is a pretty big deal. Um, it, I, okay, so it sort of brings up a number of things because isn't it like um, one of the things people are upset about is that it's uh, the networking is now server driven instead of peer driven. Does that make sense?
1: Uh, I'm not sure, I haven't looked into that so you can't host I, your own server right, you have to, oh and I, I do know that you always have to be online to play yes, alright,
0: you, you always can't, have to be online yeah. to play and you can't host your own server um, and then that ties into this um, real money for items uh, sort of uh, auction sure, yeah and I think, you know, the trade off of of always having to be online, which is pretty damn common now, in my opinion. I don't think it's that big a deal. I think it's amazing. I think it's a very smart move by them. They've said, Blizzard has said that they're not going to directly sell anything in the auction house, right? Right. Yeah. Why, why would they? But what they've effectively done is they've destroyed sort of the market to go and buy stuff on eBay. Yeah. Right? So yeah. if you are a gold farmer, why would you sell your stuff on eBay? when there's a, there's a market right in right. Um, Diablo for you. And the only reason why you would is because you don't want to give Blizzard their percentage. Right? Well,
1: actually, and th- this is another smart move of theirs, it's a flat fee every time. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, their reason behind it is they said, we never wanted to be in the position where we you know, yeah. manipulate the market to sell bigger items. Yep. So we, we just went with a flat fee every time, which that's I think cool. is... I hadn't
0: heard that, so that's good. Yeah, that, I think that's... That definitely that's changes extremely.
1: it to a certain extent, too. Because... Yeah. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Because what is your, your... What would be your purpose to trying to sell it on eBay or something like that now?
1: Right, right. There really wouldn't be one, unless somehow you can get it cheaper, which, which, which would be dumb.
0: <laughs> when you could put it into that market where people are looking, right? right? And right. it's potentially trustworthy. Right, more so than right. an eBay, and I don't doubt they'll still be the eBay thing, you know. But yeah, I, I I'm guessing it's not going to be, you know, to the same extent. Yeah, um, I don't know, but you know, like how you could buy gold, but it's not really legal, right? In right. their terms of service, but you could still do it, and there's nothing right. that stops you from just meeting somebody and giving them a whole bunch of gold, right. which is essentially what would happen is. You would buy the gold, and then you would meet somewhere, and they would hand the gold to you. Um, it just so happened that money, ex- real money, exchanged virtual right. hands. Um, I don't know if that's if their auction house is going to stop that sort of thing or not, but
1: I think it it should at least put a damper in it to a certain extent yeah. because. Um, well, but yeah, the, the thing that made me wonder, like, I don't know,
0: I, I've actually never played a Diablo game. I'm sort of excited for three to come out. Um, you you've I, never played Diablo before. Um, holy moly. Right. Well, I know my personality and sure. the Diablos were pretty popular. And I stayed away. Actually my whole oh, college sure. life. I stayed away from,
1: um, video games. Oh, well actually that was very smart
0: of you. Yeah uh and and for some time thereafter too uh but yeah anyway i don't know how money would work and i'm wondering if the auction house or the auction thing that they have built into it will have say gold right so like how wow has gold right right you can sell things and all sorts of way to get gold and you can use that gold to buy stuff or i don't know whatever it's right. sort of almost useless in a way. Um, but you can do it, right? I'm wondering if if Diablo in the auction house ends up with a gold that you can do, real money for gold. Mm,
1: right, right. It'll yeah.
0: actually give a value to gold. That's true. And so you might okay. end up with, you know, say 10 gold in Diablo is worth a dollar. So basically a golden Diablo becomes ten cents. Real world True.
1: dollars. Well I know that you remember the the game Second Life? Yes. That that was actually they had a an economy that the depending on what their in game currency was actually selling for, it would change from day to day. Kind of like in the real world. Called like so People's or something like that? Some yeah, something like that. So Yeah. But I I think I think. See, I think this is really smart because I think instead of like keep, to, you know, keep trying to fight, they're just saying, all right, let's, em- let's embrace it and let's sort of legalize it and make it safer and, well, I guess get their own cut too. But, you know, it is content they created, so I, I, I have no problem with it. It's, it's kind of like what I wish the music industry had done with mp3s. Uh, you know, make it easier for people. Yeah. <laughs> and then you won't have to fight it.
0: They fought, well, it's, yeah, that's the entertainment industry just in general, is they always fight yeah. what the next thing is and they complain yeah. about it. Yeah. From, you know, movie theaters to printing to, yeah, MP3s. Linden dollars, that's what the Second Life does. Oh, is. that's right.
1: Well, I predict there are actually going to be a few people that are actually going to make be able to make their lit- living um, in the U.S. literally by doing this. Yeah. At least for a while. Yeah. That was my lunch conversation actually, was about Diablo and the,
0: And the potential that um, could just start (laughs) playing the game to actually make a living.
1: Yeah, I I think this this could do it. Like you know, there are like the major league major league gamers who you know make their living that way. But literally, someone that just sits in their house doesn't do competitions, just farms and sells. And I guess that how how different is that really from a, a regular job? It really isn't.
0: Well, we were uh, the 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 reason why I came up at lunch was somebody had asked um, how much or close to it could it be considered a form of gambling? So mm. say that uh, there's a specific drop that a boss does one in a thousand times, right? But sure. When it drops, it it's a hundred dollars cash, real world. Right. 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 So at what point does that actually become a form of gambling where people are engaging in this gamble of roll the dice. True. to a well, good point. Um, and the, the argument I had was, well, in the form of normally gambling is you have to spend money, right, right? In a chance to win more money than you spend. But the game is designed that in the long run you won't. Sure. And, and there's very few gambling games where skill is involved
1: at all. Right. Well, I I think a lot of people will dispute that, but, but slot machines skill, no way crap oh
0: not so much oh so I, no, I, I thought you time I like card it. games
1: um I well you.
0: card games become like a person on person you don't go to a casino to play you know poker right right you can play blackjack but it really comes down to a formula sure and that formula is still built so that you'll lose right right, right? um because they're banking on that you're going to take the longer odds of right. you're going to hit on those 16s and stuff like that, you know? Right, yeah. Um, anyway. So I, that was my thought, was that, yeah, it is kind of like gambling, but it's a gamble of your time, not necessarily your money. Sure.
1: No, it's true. But I, I think that is just supremely interesting. Supremely? That's, that's a new word. Um, supremely interesting, and I'm really interested to see how that pans out.
0: Yeah, I'm very curious. I think it's a smart move. I think you too? I think the whole auction house there will, that
1: I think it's a smart move. I agree, absolutely.
0: I might just um I don't know if I've ever talked about my WoW experience, but I didn't play a whole lot. I only made it to like level twenty. But me and a group of friends were playing and it was too much like a job for me. <laughs> sure. So, so uh what you know really should have worked for me in that game didn't like i sure. i love a good grind right but wow actually had a grind that was a pain in the ass at least in my opinion sure and getting good stuff there was no clear way to grind to get it sure like i've always sure. loved that um oh, all i need is a 100 gold and then i'll get the fire sword all right i got right. this fire sword well i gotta try it oh look at there's a fire ice sword oh right and right, yeah. i just need 200 gold for that <laughs> right right Wow has tons and tons and tons of that stuff. Like, did you play a lot of WoW?
1: You know, I played when it first came out. I played it for quite a while, and it blew my mind. And then I, then I got bored.
0: I think that's part of the problem too. Is that I jumped on it way late in the game, and um, I was running around in the very startup stuff, and there was nobody around. And anyway, Mm. um, but uh, (laughs) what did engage me was the auction house and oh gotcha so what i would do is my you know me and like i think it was five of us five or six of us from work or and or work friends friends of friends at work had a little guild going and um we would meet up every once a week and and do some dungeon or something like that and then sort of the assignment was all right be level seven by wednesday okay and so (laughs) and so i would make level seven like struggle to make level seven and then i'd get there and everybody would be level 11 oh "Oh, damn it um only because they were putting more time into it than i was yeah um and so anyway but what i and part of my problem too is that i didn't enjoy the grind of the game but i really enjoyed the auction house sure and so i took my you know 20 gold to start and i eventually made a thousand gold in the auction house over the course of a month and oh wow yeah and and i as soon as i hit that thousand i went i won (laughs) i did it i beat the auction house and that's (laughs) because i was able to say all right quit right yeah you you've proven you can do it you've done it it's taken your time and then then uh then my wow uh play went down pretty substantially
1: hey you know you you got you got what you wanted out of it so that's all good
0: yeah i was i had stayed away from it because i thought for sure it was going to be going to latch onto my personality pretty hard sure and um it didn't the auction house did like the idea of buying low selling high checking the markets looking at the the rates because i did auctioneer and i love statistics and stuff so it was spitting out the average price on this. Here's what it's looked like, you know. And so I was actually like, all right, I need to go on at two o'clock and post <laughs> this at this price. I was like plotting times to do stuff, and I'd buy out the other people selling stuff and then put it right back at double the price. And it was really fun.
1: Surprised you're you're not like in the uh, uh the what well, like Wall Street market kind of stuff, day trading.
0: Yeah, I can't do it with real money.
1: Oh, gotcha. Real world is way more complicated. That's probably safer.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to this virtual stuff, is you don't care. Yeah, that's All right, well, I don't know. It might be worth it. I don't know. It's only fake gold anyway, right? Right. But when in the real world, people don't think that same way because it's real money. I suppose. For the most part. I mean, there are some people that do because they're rich and they don't care. But I mean, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Well,
1: should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Put a bow on it <laughs> and send it off. Well, thanks for meeting and thanks for uh, kicking it and rehashing and yeah, appreciate that. Holy cow, Tori, what's our record time today? Two fourteen. Jeez, stop. Yeah. I know we we apparently can't ever have a short one. No. Remember when we were like, "Oh, there will be, you know, half an hour." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's still what I aim for, and I never, never reach it. Someday we will have one, and just be like, "We're going to cut it off at half an hour." But yeah, you got to. Bet.
0: I mean, I don't know if this is actual valid content for the show or not, but um, shows that are like good at being, you know, always forty-five minutes or something like that. They. Are managed well which I am not (laughs) and they stay on their topic and outline it pretty severe you know they get their talking points and they don't stray I don't necessarily care about those podcasts sure the ones I've always liked are the ones where people just kind of they talk about stuff that's interesting and they just go and uh, I think that's what we've got
1: I agree (laughs) I agree That's cool. I'm good at the tangents. Yeah. As long as it's not Wild Tangent software, it's all good by me. Yeah? Yeah. I liked
0: Fate. 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 Uh, Wild Tangent, yeah, before they became really, like, something people hated. Yeah. <laughs> they put out a game called Fate. Oh. Fate gotcha. is Diablo. I played Fate. Oh, uh, I think I know what you're talking the same about. same people that ended up making Torchlight. Gotcha. As far as I know. Oh, you know what? We should mention actually in relation to Diablo three coming out May, right? So you know Torchlight, right? Yeah, Torchlight two. Yeah, have we talked about Torchlight at all on the in in the context of the podcast before? And like, I don't think so. Playing it because I played quite a bit of it, but it also had that same similar problem of it didn't like it engaged me. And I love a rogue adventurer, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I was really hoping Torchlight would be more.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um,
0: and Fate, Fate from years ago. I actually really enjoyed Fate, but Fate is so much like uh, Torchlight. Um, very, very similar. But anyway, uh, Torchlight two, right? They, I, they really missed an opportunity, man.
1: Well, what do you mean? What do you think if they were to about... come out six months ago? Oh yes, yes.
0: Yeah, I don't. You're right. I think that if they come out any time in the next six months,
1: man, that's tough. Well, Their saving grace, though, is that it's going to be only twenty bucks. True, true. But I, I know exactly what you mean.
0: True, but I mean, then it becomes one of those things that you. Well, I don't know. Like, is it twenty bucks and no subscription fee?
1: No subscription fee. Yeah. All right so yeah that, that's definitely going to be a saving grace plus multiplayer
0: right no, so, I mean that's the whole point of to like, sure, it's a multiplayer, but I mean you've got Diablo that that is sort of at least my understanding extremely similar
1: yeah that's that you know that that's another thing that Drox is going to be up against is Diablo um but uh yeah I mean gosh that's <laughs> yeah that's 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 a hard one. It's going to be one of the biggest games of all time.
0: Yeah. Well, I wonder. Like, of course it will, but like StarCraft was supposed to be this huge, big deal. And it, I'm sure it was. I'm sure its sales were huge, but you don't hear anybody talking about it anymore. True. Yeah. I and mean, uh, WoW is still being talked about, but StarCraft, no, it's not anywhere that I listen or read or anything anyway.
1: Uh, but I think I think Diablo is different. I mean, that's like a it's like a cultural phenomenon, kind of a it it is its own. It started a, a genre, so it's kind of Did you it? got this juggernaut. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, well, it, if you, you know, you talk about a Diablo clone, so to me that pretty much. But I mean, isn't Diablo of, just a rogue? Um, I guess you could argue that, sure.
0: I mean, isn't it just a, you go into a cave and you fight monsters and you get better weapons? Grinder,
1: roguish? type. Yeah, but but it's uh, you know just the, the the format of it and in the, the way it's set up. Um, yeah, it, it is roguish, but it's it. I don't know it. It's got its own category, I kind of think. All right. The, like you got to be into gaming to know what a, a rogue like means. But you don't need to be into gaming to know what, at least what Diablo is.
0: Right. Well, it's click, 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 yeah. click, 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 Yeah. yeah. All
1: right. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Which is kind of roguelike. I suppose so. I suppose so. Oh. But...
0: Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm sure I've mentioned it, but there's just something about those brutal games that I enjoy too. <laughs> the, the ones that um, they stress you to your extreme because they put you in situations that actually make you nervous. Oh, gotcha. So, I mean, like, you know, you play the, 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 uh, you play games now and it's very rare that when you die, you lose anything more than two minutes of gameplay time, right? Oh shoot. I died. I only saved two minutes ago. Crap. Right. (laughs) I have to play those two minutes, but you play at least like the ones that I, when I was a kid playing NetHack and I played NetHack so much. But when you die, you yeah. lost 10 hours. Yeah. And they made it extremely difficult for you to do any sort of saving or anything that would yep. allow you to save that character. Oh, absolutely. Um,
1: yeah, I played Hack, like the oh, yeah. precursor to NetHack. Yeah, I, played I played the, the I, crap out of that game. I
0: played Hack, the crazy. Oh, <laughs> so one of the other things, I mentioned that my box of, of stuff in the attic that included records. Um yeah. And I don't remember if Hack had it or not. I know NetHack did. Cookie uh, fortune cookies as food. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I found the the uh twenty or so pages of printer paper. <laughs> the printer paper where it was uh, all form fed as one big line that folds yep. folds up of all the fortune cookies printed out.
1: Oh wow, that's awesome. Because
0: I had figured out how to uh open the fortune cookie file and then I printed it up. <laughs> and so I, oh, that's awesome. I I found this thing and I handed it to my kids and I'm like, "Read these," and they started giggling because some of them were pretty funny.
1: Yeah, that was that was an that was an epic game. I, I loved it, and I loved you know fighting your ghosts of your previous characters. Yes,
0: they did a lot of really smart stuff in that game. From that from that regard, quantum mechanics man hated them.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. For reals. So is that sixteen bit enough?
1: I think that is sixteen bit for sure. So uh load ready yeah, so run. It.
0: What do you what do you type when you're done? Exit?
1: Uh quit or exit? Wait, are you talking in, in hack?
0: Yeah, <laughs> sure, why not? I don't know, whatever.
1: I think it was quit. Maybe it was exit. They probably both worked. Yeah. Oh well. Um Oh cool. Have a good day. Uh thanks for you too. Bye. I've also uh been working on a game with some uh local developers called fireman run um
0: oh that sounds awesome
1: yeah i i i think do you, like let me, do you think you could guess what it might be about? <laughs> is it a fireman running? It is a fireman running game. And, um, shoot, let me, I'm going to edit that out because I had, a, I had a funny joke that I messed up. And now I f- forgot how it went. So let's see.
0: Can we push pause so I can go grab a
1: drink? Oh, go for it. Right, I'll be right back. All right, man. Sorry about that. No, no, it's all good. There you go.
0: Fully sounds. It didn't really sound like a beer (laughs) can, but that's what it was. Oh, it did. It did. So. Alright, so you've been teaching, and what else?